Hello and welcome to Become a Competent Biblical Counselor. I'm Dr. Dave Jones and today's episode is entitled Wrinkled and Still Alive. And the scripture that I want to use today is found in Psalm 92.14 where it says, The righteous will still yield fruit in old age. They shall be full of sap and very green. So today we're going to talk about counseling the elderly. As a biblical counselor, you are at some point in time, we're going to have somebody call you on the phone that's a family member that has an elderly person that they're concerned about. You're going to have possibly an elderly person call you and say, I'm having some problems with my neighbors or my spouse or a, a number of things. The point is, how do you approach counseling elderly people to give them hope and encouragement? So we're going to cover some things today. There's a book entitled Wrinkled But Not Ruined by Dr. J. Adams, and I'm going to be referring to this excellent, very well-written book on counseling in the elderly, and so I'll make reference to that from time to time throughout this episode. So, just what is aging? Well, very simply, aging is a process of loss, and it is this loss factor that occasions most of the needs for counseling these individuals. So let's talk about some of the issues of loss or how many losses, how many different losses there are that the elderly are struggling with. Let's talk about the loss of health. This loss may occasion frailty, feebleness, clumsiness, loss of muscular power, loss of skills or abilities. It may lead to fatigue and bad decision making. One may more readily fall and injure himself. He may find that bones crack more easily, and he will discover that healing, when it takes place, comes slowly. There are innumerable aches and pains to go along with the loss of health as well. Then there's the loss of stamina that they'll complain about. Your get-up-and-go may have gotten up and gone. They simply can't accomplish as much in a day. There may be a weakening of all of the body's systems, and the entire system usually works less efficiently. Aches and pains, as well as disabilities, may slow them down. Weariness, the temptation to give up, the lack of desire to complete projects may come upon one or more as he gets older. And how about the loss of companions and friends? The most serious may be the loss of one's spouse. One might as readily speak of the loss of the companion of one's old age. According to Genesis 2.18, companionship is the fundamental reason for marriage. This is shattered by death, and pointedly, the greater the companionship prior to death, the greater the loss with death. Death also may mean moving away from friends and relatives and loved ones. It is very hard to make new friends. The older person grows, the harder it becomes. There just aren't as many your age around. Next is the loss of independence. Even small, minor, maintenance chores are more difficult and one may feel foolish in asking for help. Freedom and control of one's environment may be slipping away. One may be confined to a wheelchair. Transportation to the grocery store may not be immediately available. And because of hearing loss, there may not be as many fruitful telephone calls as throughout the years before. How about the loss of a job? Bear Bryant, the great football coach for the University of Alabama, said that when he stopped coaching, he would die. 
and he did. Man was made to work. The loss of that which one has learned to do may be hard to take. Change may come hard, so one may end up doing little or nothing but watching TV. He now has time on his hands to do so. And then there's one that's really predominant, and that's the loss of finances. Usually finances are reduced. There is uncertainty about the future that may reduce them even more. And lastly, the loss of life itself. Death is imminent and certain. One may begin to realize that there is not much of a future for him on this earth. A person may become preoccupied with the thought of death, yet he may not know how to prepare for it. He may fear for loved ones whom he must leave behind. Given the problems that age presents, there is little wonder that the world almost totally disparages it. There used to be a time when old age was looked upon with some respect, but in our country those days have long since departed. An older person, it seems, makes every effort to appear younger than he is. Products are sold and services are offered in the attempt to stem or at best cover up the ravages of time on the body. Expressions such as old coot or old fogey and the like capsulize the attitudes of all too many. We are hearing people say that older people ought to give up their place in life to make room for younger ones. There are moves afoot to restrict medical procedures that are costly or limit them to those who are younger. Others who have lived their lives, therefore, they should be willing for the younger to receive such treatment. Such are the thoughts and the issues affecting some elderly people. If such concerns begin to appear in the mind and in the conversation and the terminology of your counselee, help them to understand that the Bible makes it clear that God respects age. In Scripture, old age is desired and considered a reward for faithfulness. In Genesis 5, 15, 15, old age is spoken of positively and is considered a reward to die in peace at a ripe old age. In Psalms 91.16, old age is said to satisfy, and in 1 Samuel 2.32, it is described as a blessing not to be missed. The fifth commandment sets forth long life on the land. So clearly, the biblical data supporting the idea that old age is a blessing is to be desired. And help your counselee to understand that God is concerned about the aged. Isaiah 46.4 makes it clear that God will not abandon the aged, but as he has helped them throughout their lives, he will continue to do so as they grow old. And it is right here where it is important to note that nowhere in all of the Bible is age looked down upon as undesirable. Everywhere it is considered a decided blessing. It is right here I want to spend some time with Psalm 92, 12-14, where it reads, The righteous man will flourish like the palm tree, he will grow like a cedar in Lebanon. He planted in the house of the Lord. They will flourish in the courts of our God. They will still yield fruit in old age. They shall be full of sap and very green. An older person may be like a fruit-bearing tree that still produces in old age. There is no need to dry up and fade away in old age, as many do. And there is no need for the counselee to waste their years of life watching TV. He may still have a productive place in God's kingdom if he only will. 
Here's one of the great differences between those who are happy in old age and those who are not. People with time on their hands who do nothing in the service of Christ tend to become ingrown, self-centered, and sicker than those who busy themselves with productive ministry. That ministry may differ from their ministries in earlier times, but every older believer who is still conscious may serve in some capacity. Part of the excitement of doing so is finding new and suitable ministries for one's remaining capabilities. Praising God to others and finding something worthwhile to do for God is the way to stay fresh and green in old age. When people fail to, they dry up. Old age ought to produce much praise as well. Your elderly counselee is not to be let off the hook because of his age. He ought to go on learning just as anyone else. In fact, older Christians, because of experience in doing so, ought to be able to learn more quickly. The older Christians expected to know and understand more. They are to continue learning until the end. And that learning is to be turned into life and praise as well. God does not intend to can and refrigerate those who are up in years. He wants them to be growing green and full of sap. You see, the older Christian should gain finishing power at the end of the race. He should run harder, not necessarily physically, rather than slow down in old age. Not only will he have more time to devote to some sort of ministry, but also he should be more adept and efficient, allowing himself by these traits to make up for physical impediments that may otherwise slow him down. But understand this very, very important fact. It's very important for younger people to see the old runner still on the track. Those who choose in old age to drift do so by choice. There is no recommendation to drift in the Bible. Among older Christians, you will discover that there is much drift, which is purposeless action and inaction. Christians may fall into habits that characterize unbelievers who have no reason for living. Always the choice is between drift and drive. Tell them to get up, run, walk, or crawl if that's the best they can do, but at all costs keep moving toward the goal that Paul mentioned in Philippians 3. 14. The older generation has an obligation as well as an opportunity to affect the future for the sake of those to come. It seems that God expects the righteous to lead a vital, useful life among his fellow believers, no matter what his age, if only he will do so. Too often it seems that older persons give up because that's what they are supposed to do. They must not think that their time is virtually over. Many act as if their task is to mark time until death, vital living, to the end is the goal. So very simply, how does one remain vital in his later years? What are you going to tell this person to do to stay vital in their later years? Two very simple things. First, you have to stay current. Tell them they have to know what's going on in the world. They have to stay current. That's going to stimulate their mind and, and control their emotions if they know what's going on and staying current. Secondly, a believer should always be involved in some ministry. It is possible that your counselee will have to acquire new knowledge and learn new skills to do so in old age. When presented with this prospect, the counselee must not be allowed to say, oh, that's too much for me to do at this point in my life. Remind him of the task handed to Abraham at age of 99. 
If he doesn't know what to do, he should ask his pastor how he might minister at the church. There are any number of tasks that he might assume to relieve others if he is willing to do some of the things that aren't necessarily up front and center. If he is interested in service rather than applause, he will find more to do than he can accomplish. There is another helpful counsel that you may give. One way for older persons to stay on top of things is to align themselves with tasks with younger ones. Urge them to do so. Both 1 John 2.13-14 and Titus 2.2-3 indicate that there should be a mix of the older and the younger generations. These verses show how the elderly may combine their assets of wisdom and experience with youthful enthusiasm and strength to produce better results than if either sought to work alone. Additionally, grandmothers are mentioned as having usefully taught the faith to their grandchildren in 2 Timothy 1-5. through For the church not to place the elderly in tasks alongside younger persons is a tragedy for all concerned, including the pastor and the congregation as a whole. The practice frequently leads to foolish decisions, division, and chaos. And then, of course, there is the matter of retirement. In many cases, we might call it nothing less than planned obsolescence. Retirement is not a Christian option. Phenomenon is common enough to note. People who eagerly looked forward to retirement find if they do not die soon afterward, then it isn't what it's cracked up to be. They die inside, curl up, and become lifeless, burying themselves in TV or some other non-productive activity. People are unhappy when they develop a sense of uselessness. As we have seen, God expects the Christian to be productive. Productivity requires work. While one may change occupations and activities and or slow down as a result of aging, he is not to stop working altogether. The most dangerous tendency of all relating to the matter of retirement is a tendency to retire from Christianity. Someone has said, you don't grow old. When you cease to grow, you are old. That is what happens to some lazy Christians. So, because of the added time, the years of living with the Lord, and the opportunities to lend wisdom to youth in the church, there is no doubt that most older counselees may have a productive lifestyle in spite of their infirmities and problems. There is loss, but there is truly an opportunity for gain as well. But central to it all is a biblical outlook on age, something that sadly has not been taught adequately by the church. The biblical outlook is that believers are to be growing, productive, vital persons to the end. So I hope this helps, that you have the opportunity to talk with people that are that are elderly, that are struggling with life as it has presented themselves right now. Look at this a little differently and get them involved and get them more active in some kind of a ministry in the church. And if a family calls you saying that they are concerned about an elderly member in the family, counsel the entire family. Get together with them. Help them to understand what the overall plan that they agree to with you in getting the elderly person more involved in activities that they used to enjoy prior to retirement. So thanks for listening, and good luck in your conversations with the elderly as you in turn grow in this process as well. Have a great day, and God bless you.